Hello and welcome to the Wicked Things podcast. Haven, the story of lightning is one of the few story series created specifically for younger listeners. This is a fast-paced story full of magic, conspiracy, fantasy, talking animals, and exploration of a primeval world that awaits the listener, we hope you enjoy. A tall shadow moved through the forest, careful to avoid detection by those that lived there. It approaches the sacred redwood tree, maintaining its obfuscation by nice gossamer veil. Other shadows quickly join it at the center of the redwood. Shadow and his foul wolf soldiers made their way through the dense forest. They forced their way to the central clearing near the sacred redwood tree. Shadow closed his eyes and focused. A sickly green glowing spear came from his horn. Go find him, Shadow told the glowing spear. The green ball soared through the air. It entered each den and burrow in an unperceivable blur. It emerged from a den next to the sacred redwood and floated at its entranceway. This is the place? The large gray-black alpha wolf asked Shadow. The pack of wolves charged inside after Shadow nodded yes, which tells them all they need to know. Shadow smiles ghoulishly as his eyes' determination flare in an unnatural but brilliant burgundy. Shadow waited next to the Animal Council's sacred redwood chamber entranceway. Sounds of smashing, breaking, growling, and finally pleads of innocence echo from the chamber beyond the entryway. They toss Thorn out into the night, collapsing at Shadow's hooves. Hello there, Thorn. Shadow smiled as he examined the porcupine's wounds. I trust I need no introduction. Thorn swallowed hard and shook his head. No. Good. We can proceed then without interruption? Shadow asked. Thorn the porcupine cringed in pain after the beating he'd just received. Shadow watched Thorn's pain in amusement. You know why I'm here, right? The wolf pack circled around Thorn as Shadow continued. Thorn shrugged, unsure of anything at this moment. No, n not really. Tremir may be my daughter, but she is a spoiled brat and would make a terrible leader. I still want you to continue with your ridiculous coup. Shadow scoffed. But then back your play when the time comes, right? Thorn asked. The wolves mocked the porcupine. Now he gets it. Thorn scratches his head. What about thunder? Shadow knocks Thorn to the ground and raises a hoof above his head in preparation to stomp him dead. Don't you ever bring up my brother. Alpha was to be mine, not his. Thorn froze, seeing himself surrounded by frothing and snarling wolves with gaping maws. I will deal with him and my nephew. Other than that old turtle keeper, I'm the only one who knows how to transfer or take Alpha from another. Shadow growls at the confused porcupine. 
Thorn trembled, realizing the murderous plot of Shadow now fully includes him. Sorry, it will never happen again. Please don't kill me. Shadow is unimpressed by Thorn's spineless continued begging. Please don't let them eat me. The wolves mock the situation. Big guy when he's got the animal council behind him, an instant coward when you add a little physical violence. The unicorn magic is not real either way, right? Shadow stomps down on Thorn as the last words leave his mouth. The wolves lick their chops, hearing the audible snap and crack of the porcupine's spine. Thorn screams out in pain as the wolves charge on the wounded porcupine. Shadow watches, smiling as the wolves rip Thorn's body apart with tooth and fang. Enough. Shadow commands the wolves to step away from the dead animal. Shadow lowers his horn, as if to pierce Thorn's chest. Thorn's eyes widen as his own blood pools beneath him. Does this look fake to you? Thorn? Shadow closes his eyes. Shadow's horn glows its sickly green color. Small green spears of light rise from the plants and animals nearby as part of their life force leave them. Shadow guides their life force into Thorn. Thorn's body mends its wounds. Thorn bows at Shadow's hooves. I thought it was just a lie to keep everyone in line. Shadow snarls and the energy snaps in close around Thorn's neck. Just imagine what I could do with both the powers of Alpha and my own combined. The wolves howl and salute to their commander. I'll do whatever you want, Thorn pleads again. Shadow released the magic constricting around Thorn's neck. Good. We have an understanding, then. Thorn nods his head frantically. Yes. The wolves chuckle and slowly disappear into the dark of the forest. Meanwhile, far from the forest, three small animals make their way through the night towards the beach. Striper and the twins look for more details about their discovery. Slick and Slicker move ahead of Striper. Come on, Slowpoke, they boast. Striper face-palmed herself at the unbelievable ignorance of her companions on this task. She watches as the weasel twins jump and leap about, ensuring everyone knows of their passing. They push the shiny apple back and forth in play as they go. Shut up, you two! We're here in secret! Striper growled. The twins stopped and smiled at her. Then why are you yelling? With this, Striper flashes her teeth in anger, but Slicker interrupted. Look, there's the shiny turtle! The twins gesture towards the shiny turtle shell's position along the surf. Along the shore, the trio examines the massive shiny turtle shell on the beach. Striper's confusion wore heavy on her face. What kind of turtle was it? Slick and Slicker shrug, unable to think of a single turtle large enough to hold a herd of unicorns inside itself. The trio entered through a hole in the side of the beast's shell. 
Striper touched the side of the shell. Smooth and hard like a shell. She licked the shell to see if it would offer more thoughts on the breed. I've tasted nothing like this before. Slick and Slicker could not hear her observation as they discovered the inside was large enough that their voices echoed. Striper shook her head at the twins' childish actions. The shell suddenly made a loud bong sound as the twins bounced the shiny apple against the shell. The sound startled and rang in the trio's ears. They fled outside to the shore. They all paused on the shore, grabbing at their ears. Striper recovered first from the bone-rattling bong sound. She popped her jaw to release the pressure from inside her ringing ears. Striper inhaled deeply to release a cleansing breath. She faintly heard a distant voice that sounded angry. She tried to focus, but the twins were yelling about the ringing in their ears and being unable to hear. She clutched both of their noses, forcing them to hold their breath for a moment. The pressure released and they relaxed under her tight grasp. Striper hushed the twins. Listen, do you hear? The twins looked at one another, confused, but suddenly heard a nearby voice calling out. Striper motioned to the twins to follow behind her. They carefully moved through the underbrush, along the sand dunes towards the sound. The trio smelled something wonderful in the air that caught their attention, along with the sound they followed. The smell and the sounds of the angry voice led them to a fire, surrounded by big, flimsy, cloth-covered caves. The twins moved to the fireside as they followed their noses and bellies. Their mouths watered as they discovered food cooking above the fire. Striper followed the angry voice to one cave. She was shocked to find a two-legged giant sitting next to a wooden container, yelling angrily into a second wooden box. She tried to understand what it was yelling about, but eventually gave up, as she did not understand their odd language. On the far side of the cave, she found a nest of soft material that the giant must have slept in. There she found markings on a thin piece of material. After studying it, she realized the main image was the hand-drawn perimeter of the island. She noticed other marks on it. Striper realized the marks were to show where more giants would come to the island from out of the sea. Her eyes widened with fear as she realized that she was examining an invasion plan. She scooped up the plan carefully and slipped out before the giant could notice her presence. After exiting, Striper looked for her companions. She found Slicker asleep next to the fire, his belly full of the giant's food. Her eyes darted around the camp for Slick. It startled Striper to see him on top of the cave she had just left. He was trying to remove a second shiny apple from the top of a tall pole that connected to the box the giant was yelling into. Slick finished removing the ball and dropped it to the earth below, near Striper. The giant inside roared in anger as a loud screeching noise came from the box.
The giant jumped to his feet. Every word as he rushed at the shiny ball Slick had removed from the top of the antenna. Slick paused for a moment, smiled, and waved at the giant. Then, in a flash, he rushed out of sight, carrying his new shiny ball. The giant's eyes narrowed as his face filled red with blood rage. Slick pushed the ball until it was rolling fast in front of him. The giant was in hot pursuit and roared yet again. Slick was quick and nimble. He soon outpaced and outmaneuvered the giant. The clumsy giant tumbled head over feet as he tripped and quickly broke one of the flimsy caves apart. Slick paused just long enough to mock the giant and stick out his tongue. Then he ran away quickly as the giant's head pierced part of the flimsy cave as he jumped to his feet. Striper took this time to wake Slicker, and together they watched Slick's hijinks with the giants. They laughed and pointed at the giant, making several foolish mistakes, one after the other. But they were so focused on Slick that they did not notice the giant's cook had crept up behind them with a large burlap sack. They chased Slick out of the camp, unaware of his friend's dilemma. Striper and Slicker were in shock as the burlap sack swooped them up. In a defensive maneuver, Striper tried to spray their attacker, but ended up filling the sack with her stink. Both she and Slicker eventually passed out from the odor. Across the island and deep within the swamp, lightning pushed beyond the fog. He quickly found himself outside Keeper's secret hovel, surrounded by a legion of young, recently orphaned animals. He was without words as the moment took hold of his heart. He understood now that true evil was when good beings refused to act in the face of evil and intolerant beings. Lightning knew he must become Alpha and protect the animals against all manners of corruption. But first, he must learn from Keeper. Wasn't that terrific? I can hardly wait for the next episode. This is the Wicked Things Podcast signing off. Until next time, goodbye.